On this episode, I come back solo with Thunder. Chuck, and this is episode 216 of the Ask Gary V show. A little post 4th of July show. It's weird. I, I'm not even sure the last time I did an episode where there wasn't another human being with me in the office. Um, very much like out of sync and excited to get back into sync Facebook Live. Um, our team has like tripled since we were like, right? Like all these new characters. Sydney interns back. Uh, India's away. So Britt, you're gonna have to, uh, you ready to play that role? Ready. All right, so that's good, you had a good fourth? Good, nice. You guys? Yeah. All good stuff? Good. You rock? Great, yeah. awesome. All right, uh, I'm super excited. What's been going on in the last month? All good stuff, um, been traveling a lot, running VaynerMedia, a lot going on. Um, obviously a lot of guests, uh, which has been fun, but I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was super excited to get a kind of a little bit back into the rhythm of just you and I Especially because people really hate the way I interview people because as one, but I will like to say as one person emailed me who's a psychologist, my brain works too fast according to her and since I already know what the other person's saying, I'm not patient enough to let it come through but I'm not doing a good enough job projecting that your guys' brains don't work as fast as mine. <laughs> I was dying when I got that email. I was like, I was like that's the best. I'm going to start using that. I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. My brain's too fast but uh, no question, I get hyper when, uh, when the guests are here, so I apologize for all of you that hate when I interrupt the guests, but we don't edit. I, Stefan, I really think that's what it is. Yeah. I feel the pressure of not editing, whereas when I'm on shows and I'm on for fucking 53 minutes and it becomes a 27-minute podcast, it's easy. All my rambling or whatever they didn't like, they get to edit. These guests ramble and they're promoting and that's not bringing you any value, so you're mad at me from trying to make a show good for you. Okay. Do you agree? Of course, now they're all gonna say you have to agree. I saw that too. Did you see? I know that. I know that because you know me. But did you, T Rock? Did you see the bus episode of Daily V? They're like, they're like, oh, Gary's not that funny. Everybody has to laugh. I'm like, dude, I'm super funny. We all had a laugh there. Right, you were all forced to laugh. I was just nervous you were gonna ask me again for the show, and then no, there was no. That's me in India. I'm not. We'll have to come up with our own thing. Okay. All right, let's do this. Earthwalker asks, do you have a shit list? people, organizations you won't work with for whatever reason? That's an interesting question. You know, and actually, you know, one thing I promised myself on my comeback trail here in episode 216 is I'm gonna answer these questions not just, you know, kind of literally black and white, but I'm gonna try to really challenge myself. I think the golden eras of this show was when I could answer the question, but then also know how to bring value to the whole audience, and I right off the bat came in hot. I'm excited, which is I don't, and now let's talk about it. I truly believe that anybody who has a shit list has a vulnerability because when you're using negativity to drive your success, I think that's a problem. To me, spending any energy and time with a list of people that I don't want to do business with or put out of business or negative or like people that got me and I'm going to get them back, I think is insane. It's stunning to me looking back at my 20 year career. There was a guy that I went to a wine tasting of. Went to the wine tasting in New York City at the Hilton the Wine Spectator National Wine Tasting, all the best wineries are there. I came in 
and I come and I go to this winery and they have a great Shiraz. Australian wines are getting super, like, uh, you know, hot and I'm like selling a lot of them more than anybody in the country and I come and I'm like, oh, I'd love to taste your wine thinking this guy's going to react really well because we've sold a ton of it. He goes into a curse-lating, I'm a piece of crap. I've never had this happen to me in life. Like, just drilled me. You're, you're the devil of the industry. I hate you. Like, nasty, nasty, nasty stuff. Um, and it was because I was selling his wine at the most aggressive price in the country and he thought I was killing his brand. Meanwhile, there were 30 other stores selling it for that price but he hadn't been on top of technology yet and didn't know there was a site called Wine Searcher that allowed you to see every price on the internet and I was just matching the best price in the country. But because I was the biggest guy, when I emailed it and promoted it, all the other stores that were selling it for more called and complained. He did no homework, he was immature, he was very hot at the time so he had the audacity and ego. Needless to say, the Australian wines got less hot over the next five years and then that coincided with Wine Library TV's explosion. And then this guy who said I was the devil of the industry and the worst piece of crap and a loser kid and was never going to amount to anything emailed me five years later begging for me to be on the show for exposure of his wine. And with no hesitation I said yes. I believe being the bigger man, I believe not holding grudges, I believe that one of the reasons I'm successful in life, let alone business, is I don't allow poison or negativity to be stored within my confines. And I think it's a very big thing. I've been talking a lot more about optimism and positivity being a real factor. I'm starting to get a little more zen in my older age and I believe that, I believe that if you have a shit list, if you have a list, if you hold a grudge, you're coming at your own expense. That you're not doing anything. Do I forget? No. But it's just context. It doesn't mean I'm going to get you with it. It just means I have to navigate around it. And that's a very big difference. I don't want to stick it to you. I just need to navigate around your truth and there might be some negativity there and I want to get around it. I don't want to walk into your cancer over and over and get punched in the face either. Um, so I would highly recommend for all of you, um, if I can do anything with this episode, if this becomes the moment in your life where you stop thinking having a shit list. And, and by the way, so many people in my family love that. They love the grudge list, Eastern European, old school, like, you know, we're going to get them, we're going to stick it to them in the end. You know, I think the positivity and the winning, I think nothing, nothing sticks it to anybody better than results. You know, instead of, instead of tearing them down, just get so goddamn big that that's the ultimate, I got you back. And that comes through positivity. How are they liking it in Facebook? What are you talking about? You just looked at it in one second. You could have only seen like two. I know how Facebook Live works. I thought you were more mesmerized by the. Uh... Say hello. You haven't even said. Have you said hello yet? To... I'm Horace, the new intern on Ask. How do you spell it? H A R I S. Not Harris. Not Harris and not Horace, like Horace Grant, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he was a bull. I hate the bulls. Okay. Speaking of bulls. Derek Rose and Jay Noah, who's gonna be my favorite Nick because that's just like the way he plays. I tweeted like, Noah is literally my least favorite player, which means he's gonna be my favorite player nowadays on my team. Ready? Always. Caleb asks, would you work a nine to five for all of 2017 if it meant you would own the New York Jets on January 1st of 2018? Yes. 100%. Yes, I mean, and, and, you know, and then now trying to challenge myself to make these good questions, you know, uh, I'll take it here. Anybody who's not willing to do something that they hate so much in the short term to have what they love so much in the long term are, is usually the blueprint of a person that is normally not winning. 
one of the biggest separations between me and a lot of people watching this and other people that are successful in your life, if you're not, or vice versa, you the successful person, and the people that are, think you're lucky or curious to why you're winning, is that most winners tend to have much more patience than their contemporaries. I don't need anything now, and most people do. Most people are such consumers in the US world, they want stuff. They want the new iPad, they want the new jeans, they want the new kicks, they want the, the vacation, they, the, you know, they want stuff. And with social media where everybody's PRing their best life and showing them the new car, and then, and, I mean this weekend everybody showed you the best barbecue that they've ever been to, right? It makes people have FOMO and really aspire to more and I'm kind of the other way. Like I've just never wanted those kind of things. Uh, I'm not affected by, I'm happy for other people's glory, not, not asking why I don't have that or compare myself to that. I'm in my own zone and I'm very, very, very patient. So I would eat crap. How about this? I would work a nine to five for the next 10 years if you told me I own the New York Jets on the next day after that. How about that one? 15. Jordan wants to know. 20. I would work every day nine to five for the next 20 years if you told me at 61 years old I own the New York Jets. 30. I would work every single day for nine to five for a corporation for the next 30 years to own the New York Jets. Wouldn't happen because that's not how it's how it works. But I would, I would. Because by the way, do you know how much hustle I would do from seven p.m. to two in the morning? <laughs> like nine to five is cake. That's a. Do you know, I mean, you guys know that that's a half a day. <laughs> it's a half a day. That's like right. I mean, like that's the other part I don't think people understand. I literally work eighteen hours a day, fifteen hours a day. Like, like working that nine to five. Like, like that would be amazing. Like, I play basketball every morning and work out and work and then work and then hang out with my family too? That would be insane. 40 years. George asks, I'm curious to see where Granny V is headed. Seems to be getting a lot of traction. Are you going to make it a thing? For all of you that missed Grandma V over the, uh, I guess, Wednesday and Thursday of last week, uh, there was a filter on Snapchat and I went into character called Grandma V, Granny V. I converted it to Granny V because it's just better. Uh, and you know, she was just, basically what was really funny about it, it was she was just basically saying the same things I say except it, it's funny, I think of myself as an old soul and it just makes more sense. Basically, she, I just made videos on Snapchat where she said, in my day, and then basically said the things I believe in. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and boy, did it catch fire. People were really passionate about it. Unfortunately, the, uh, the um, Granny filter is gone now. And I don't know if they're bringing it back, so uh, I don't know where it's going. Um, I guess we could design it. I guess Andrew could draw it, and we could put it over my head at times. I do think I should do a Granny V episode of the Ask Granny V show. I'm super willing to do it if Andrew's willing to draw it and impose. If you guys can figure it out, team, I will do a whole episode in costume. One little fun fact, Stefan, you forget these edits sometimes, even still. So do not miss this one. This is not the first time I went into character. Way back in the day, during Wine Library TV, there was a character called Sir. Gary Vaynerchuk, which was the classic, more serious wine reviewer. Stefan, give them 30 seconds right now. The key to everything is this. Gary is in Hungary and it is now the Friday show. Now obviously he could not do this on Monday because it was raining and it was a Monday and how could you possibly do a Friday show on Friday? So I threw the couch out the window and I've jumped in and taken over the show today. He's not here. Call it a coup d'etat for you. 
so I, I've been known to do this before and it has inspired me to consider going into character on Snapchat filters more often because I think it's interesting content. I think I can pull it off and I think it's a blueprint for a lot of you. I think a lot of you that are struggling that are comedians or improv actors or have that DNA that are trying to figure out what to do on Snapchat, I do think the filters and all these characters is an incredible storytelling opportunity. Brandon asks, why are the reviews for VaynerMedia on Glassdoor so bad? So this one's tough for me. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why our reviews on Glassdoor for VaynerMedia are not as good as they should be or the reality of our culture. I think, uh, first of all, I think it has a lot to do with many different things. First of all, anonymous websites, right? So you look at Secret and Whisper and Anonymous, you're going to get people that are willing to go to extremes when nobody can figure out who that person is. Uh, so anonymous leads to it. Two, we've gone from 30 to 650 per people in four years. There's a lot of pain in that and a lot of people that um, uh, are employees struggle with the constant change and the different decision making. I move very quickly and a lot of times I don't do the greatest job explaining my actions to everybody. And I think that creates, you know, I think a lot of movement, a lot of structural changes creates um, a lot of angst for people that are more comfortable and it's easy for the entrepreneur, it's harder for the employees. Uh, three, I think cynicism is unfortunately quite powerful. So I think that, um, I think that uh, that's the case. I think some of the early ones back in 2011 uh, are just. I think I did a bad job. I wasn't really the active CEO of Vayner and I don't think we micromanaged our youngest talent. So I feel good, I mean I feel bad, but good about the ones that are in 11. I think the last 15 of them, and I read them all 50 times a month, um, are coming from employees that I don't think we saw the world the same way. I mean, you know, I don't know what people expect from former employees, but if they're fired or if they quit, they obviously don't feel great about the business, and, and that's okay. I mean, I think you go look at any, I, this is why I think Yelp and Glassdoor and all these anonymous sites struggle, because what you don't have is I'm not going to do what most companies do, which try to incentivize their employees to leave positive reviews to offset the negative reviews. That's not going to happen. I, I use them as feedback loops, even though we try here, but like, these are people that you know, are not happy with the way we're doing things, but I think the problem is the silent majority. It's kind of like the Britain exit. You know, I have so many friends who are like, I wish I voted. I mean, you had a chance, but you didn't. I think, I think it's politics, right? There's a lot of people that don't talk about their views on that you know you hear you know you look on the internet you see the loud minorities uh, dictate a narrative and then the punchline is mainly I think everything starts from the top which is I actually like having a bad review on Glassdoor I think that any individual that takes an anonymous website of former employees and and people say they're current employees that are former I had somebody who I did a nice thing for call me and say, look, I just want you to know something. When I left the bad, this was somebody I did something nice for a year after they were fired. Um, they called me because they felt guilty and said I left a really nasty review because I felt that was unfair, I was super immature and I also left it as a current employee because I thought that would hurt you more. So like, you know, I think that anybody who would stay out of um, a company, any company looking at Vayner or what have you because of Glassdoor or any other anonymous site as the proxy to what's actually happening there is exactly the kind of people that I want to keep out. It's people that are playing checkers versus chess. They're so, I don't want to say basic minded because I don't want to razz, but like I don't understand how somebody wouldn't understand that this is an anonymous site of people that are <laughs> the least happy about something. So I think there's a lot of reasons we have a, a, a tough review there. They don't make me happy. I'm really upset when people 
are uh, unhappy with things, but I'll be honest with you, when you're the CEO of a company that has gone through thousands of employees over the last four years, I've had a lot more conversations one-on-one of somebody saying that they're mad at me or they don't like things and they're saying it to my face. That hurts even kind of more because I respect them so much for going that route and I want to fix it for them. You know, I'm in the firefighting business. Like, everything is always hard. There's always problems. Um, But I'm pretty confident about what's actually happening here. Um, I think that shows in its results. I think when you look at the macro turnover rates here, voluntary turnover is what I look at. We're crushing the market. People aren't leaving because they want, you know, because they don't like it here. And so there's always going to be a percentage of people that don't like um, certain things. And I don't think I'm perfect or this company is perfect, especially because we're always making different changes. But I know that no CEO or organization has more intent to have people talk to us about it. Some people, I look at my own father. Some people keep things inside and will never share it. And so I can't fix what I don't know. And then when it doesn't work out, whether on their choice or our choice, because they kept that poison in, a lot of those same people can't communicate in real life, but love to go on anonymous site and and get that poison out. And to be pretty frank with you, I actually love Glassdoor for A, helping me not allow people to come in that have low EQ and are looking at it on a basic level, and B, I'm happy that those people are able to get their poison of what they feel about me or VaynerMedia out of their body and move on, just like I talked about in the beginning. Um, I hope it helps, and I hope I hope with that out, they can take a step back, look at the big picture, and maybe reach out to me and continue our relationship. I'm very proud of my relationship with a lot of former employees that left on bad terms, and I will continue to do that forever because I care about my legacy. Because I'm more selfish about that than the money and things of that nature. And it's and and by the way. You know, as somebody who's very close to her business, I would say I'm, I'm 70% sure of the exact person that leaves every review. And there's a lot of, I'm never, I'm never confused. You know, like it just makes sense. Like sometimes things don't go well, um, inner people relationships and things of that nature. And so, it is what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge because I care so much. But uh, if you're watching this and you're currently at Vayner or you used to be at Vayner and you still have negativity in you, I'm super available. I'm Gary at VaynerMedia. I've always been available. I'll always be available. And I think that, that to me is much more interesting. You know, I'm not worried about the perception. Glassdoor's 2.6 rating on VaynerMedia isn't stopping the thousand applications a week we're getting or the growth of my company. I care way more about the 20 people that are upset with me uh, or this. I'm here to fix it forever if there's actually something to fix, and even if there's not. Got time for one more? Yeah. Feel good about that answer. Uh, Tony says, going to be deep. Tony says, going to be deep here. How do you deal with people who take advantage of you? You give, never take. Does it get lonely? Yeah. I mean, I think what I tend to do, I'm tying a lot of these things together. One of the reasons I don't try to manipulate Glassdoor like all my friends' companies do um, is it helps you actually get the truth. I think one of the things that's great about meritocracy, open-ended, not holding grudges, is you get to see truths. One of the things that I think I've done quite well and that I highly recommend to a lot of you is not to manipulate situations. So by letting things play out, you get hurt. But because I'm so emotionally strong, or I like to think I am, it gives me data. When people hurt me or take me for granted or don't see the bigger picture, I don't look at that as a negative, I look at it as a data point. It allows me to decide what, I, what opportunities I want to give that person if I'm in control. Do I want to do things with that person if I'm not in control? Uh, do I give that person opportunities because I am in control in reverse if I think that they're being very appreciative or they see the big picture? So one of the things that I think is quite important is not manipulating one's 
truth. And so, to me, somebody taking advantage of me is very common. A, I'm most comfortable in being taken advantage of because I like the leverage of it. So that's a whole weird thing of my own mishigas, which is craziness in Yiddish, I think. Uh, you know, so like I've got my own kind of thing. I love giving. I, I create environment. I'm self-aware enough to know that I create a lot of the beds that I make that lead to people taking advantage of me because I don't create boundaries of my giving early on and the behavior becomes, it's like just, you know, like anything else, right? Like being a rich kid by like, by eating too much, by anything, discipline, if you're not creating parameters. So I feel like I make the bed to do that. Thus, I can't be a hypocrite and be upset about it. The reason I like it is I think I win twice. One, it just feels nice. I don't mind it. I can, I'm good. I'm good, so I'm not scared by people doing negative things to me because I'm globally good emotionally forever. Two, it's just data. I just love watching people navigate in a blank space. If you don't make too many rules, if you don't have too much process, if you do run your company quickly, if you do all those things, you actually get to see what people actually do in real life circumstances, not the manipulated rules and structures and processes that you create that inevitably slow you down, make you too big to change, and lead to your demise in the game of entrepreneurship. So I'm very calculated and comfortable, CC, calculated and comfortable in the way I build businesses and very honestly, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, the results have spoken for themselves. I win and I think that when I look at other people playing similar games, they win too. And so, um, you know, how do I feel about it? I feel like I'm thankful that I'm in an emotional place that allows me to be able to eat it for breakfast. And I think any of you that are emotionally capable to be taken advantage of should. It's called leverage. Yeah, good show. I feel like I, I feel like that was a good strategy going into the show, trying to level them up, right? I liked it. You liked it? I did. D-Rock? Yeah. OT? Yeah. Stefan? Good. Harris Horse Harris? Phenomenal. Awesome. Question of the day. Um, question of the day. Tell me about your most positive work experience. I think we always talk about what's wrong. I'm gonna start really like, right? Tell me, like, why, why can't we read the comments and all get excited? Learn from that. We can learn from the positive. Like, I'm just tired of cynicism and negativity. The political climate, like the world climate, like, like, just, you know, like, there's so much good going on. You know how much good so many of you had over the last 72 hours? Like, there's so much good to be thankful for. Tell me about your most positive work experience in detail. Tag people that did nice things for you. Chauncey Billups, a basketball player, just wrote an article uh, in Players Tribune and gave daps to Terrell Brandon. It was awesome. It was awesome to see an athlete be like, this guy put me on when he got injured. You never hear that. You always hear like the documentary where like, and the star player got injured and even though he was trying to suppress the kid, the kid got his chance and won. No, this was, he put me on in the right way. Like, we need to be pushing optimism and, and positivity some more because that's really what works. So tell me about your, in detail, tag the person that deserves the love about your most positive work experience. You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them.